0: I tell
1: you, it's interesting because if you look at the oldest Beth Hillel documents uh, that are in existence from uh, many, many decades ago, you're gonna see a scripture that still, 40 years later, is on our letterhead. And I wanna share it with you today because it relates to this time that we're in, and in particular, this weekend, Psalm chapter one thirty three, verse one. If you look at the Bethel stationery, you're going to see that this is written on every piece of Bethel stationery, and has been for over forty years. Psalm one thirty three one, which says this: "Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for a brethren to dwell together in unity." Mm. Wow, I love that scripture. One of the things I love about that scripture is that it has just as much application for our congregation today as it did 40 years ago. It was uh, a, an insightful and, and maybe even prophetic choice for what was our kind of our theme scripture verse for our kahilah, And we certainly need this now more than ever, don't we? When you see what's going on in the world Beth Hillel, as originally founded, is a place where we can come together, Jew and Gentile, men and women, black, white, just as all the children of God. We can all come together, regardless of our background, in unity, be what does Psalm 133, one, Bevrit in Hebrew. You know this one. Hinei matov umanaim, shevet achim gamayachad. And there is power in this, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There's power in unity, my friends. There's power being united And the scriptures say how good and how pleasant it is. And indeed it is. And friends, we all need to be about one purpose. United together. This is one of the things that we're called to do. This is of great importance. 1 Corinthians, please. Chapter 1, verse 10. Think about this. It says, now I urge you, brothers and sisters, through the name of our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, that you all speak the same things and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. Now, this is a very important charge from Rabbi Shaul that has great relevance and meaning. My gosh, it was written 2,000 years ago. It's written 2020. Rabbi Shaul is charging us here to be of the, as the Word of God says, of the same mind. Now, when you say of the same mind, does that mean that we're all to be robots, all saying the exact same thing? Yes we love yeshua we follow god shabbat shalom shalom (laughs) no it doesn't mean that i'm i'm by the way i'm not a dancer i don't know if you've noticed over (laughs) over the time watching me on on youtube i am profoundly bad that was my best robot and by best i mean worst (laughs) they're the same In any case, God is not looking for us to be robots. That's not the point. The point is that we should have the same purpose. So much so that whatever differences that we have, and there are going to be differences among us, that's okay. But regardless of whatever differences that we have, there should be no division among us. So says the word of God explicitly. There should be no divisions among you. We've got to be united together. See, it's, it's okay for there not to be unanimity. There doesn't have to be unanimity. Everybody feeling the exact same thing about everything. No, 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 no. it's not about groupthink or unanimity, but there has to be unity. There has to be unity. Psalm one thirty three, verse one. We read it a little bit earlier. Now, how does that look? It looks. uh, It looks. It it demonstrates itself in many different ways. People look at eschatology, and people have different views: pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I can make biblical arguments for each of these. I can, I can sit there and I can I I've studied them. I can I can give you a strong biblical argument for any of the above. And even our messianic Jewish movement has different perspectives on this. If you talk to different rabbis, they're going to have different perspectives as to their uh, eschatological positions on this. Okay. That's 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 fine. As long as you can if you're looking at scripture with a with a pure heart trying to discern there are going to be different, differing opinions about that, right? But it should not divide us. You you're with me? It should not divide us. And, and as they say, pray for pre, be ready for post. If you don't know what I'm talking about uh, regarding the tribulation, then that's a whole other sermon. Uh, in any case, the point, though, the point, the point is that Yeshua is coming back. That's the point. Yeshua is coming back. He is coming back. That's that's the the seminal, incontrovertible point that we all should be unified in is that Yeshua is coming back. There are other examples of this where there can be not unanimity, but there can be unity. One of the things that is hotly debated is the exact... Day of the week and the timing of Yeshua's death on the on the tree of sacrifice, was it on a Wednesday or a Thursday? A Wednesday or a Thursday? I've heard great arguments for both, uh, and and yes, of course, many say it was on a Friday. I've heard few good arguments for that, but the point is is that whatever Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The important thing is that Yeshua came and died for our sins. Moshiach Yeshua, Yeshua the Messiah came and he died for our sins. So that's the important thing. Don't let this divide you. Was it on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday? The point is is that I'm just glad he came. Because through his atonement, we have life eternal. Through the blood sacrifice that he gave, we have eternal life. We must be united. You understand? This is very, very important. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't have an opinion as to what is correct. And and also, listen, look at it realistically. In the end... Somebody is right on these items, and somebody is wrong. So there's truth to the fact that it was either on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and and, uh, when will Yeshua return, pre, post-tribulation? Okay, one of these is going to be right. Uh, we, We see this here, but we must remain united in spirit, even in our disagreements, there needs to be unity. Even if we disagree, there needs to be unity. And friends, you probably already are ahead of me on this, but this relates to today as well. This relates to what we're seeing today in the world very much so. What do you, what do you hear? You hear people. Some, some people say, masks, wear masks. Some people say, no, no masks. Is the government going overboard, or are they not doing nearly enough? I mean, you, you know this. I mean, we're talking poultry here. We're talking turkey here at Bethel. Now, our people overseas may not understand that colloquialism, so that's okay. Okay, the point is we're being real. We're being real with this. There, there are differing opinions on this and people feel very strongly, you all know what I'm talking about. You see this all over the place. Hear me on this. Somebody is right and somebody is wrong. That, I mean, that, that's just the facts. Now, who is it? Here's the point. You should feel free to advocate for what you believe and with passion That's fine. There's no problem with that. That's a good thing, especially if you think you are helping. But at the same time, we must never allow it to devolve into berating, belittling, or being mean to each other. We can't go there. So many people are going there in every camp. People are are, are berating, and they're belittling, and they're just being mean. You guys see this. You see it all the time. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Because if we allow ourselves to go there, then we have fallen into the trap that the adversary likes to set for us to divide us. Achim v'achayotz. Brothers and sisters, we should not be divided even if we don't agree. Even if we're advocating what we think is right and true and best. Metsuyan, excellent. But we should not let this divide us and we should not devolve into debasing someone else. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 12 says this, I say this, listen to this, because this is not new. There were divisions even amongst the earliest believers around things. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 says this, Rabbi Shul says, I say this, he's talking to the Corinthian congregation here and he's, he's, he's giving them a little bit of a, what we refer to as a pow-pow in our home. I say this because you are each saying I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Kepha, or I follow Messiah. Has Messiah been divided? Paul wasn't crucified for you, was he? Or were you immersed in the name of Paul? Wow, Paul is, is, is putting it on pretty heavy right there. I'm not gonna kid around with you. He's saying, listen, don't miss and don't be distracted from the core. Don't be distracted from our purpose. Don't be caught up in these divisions like this that only, that only accomplish separating us. No, 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 you can't do that. And Paul is saying, listen, those of you who are big followers of me, Paul, he was referring to himself, third person. He said, those of you who are big followers of me, excuse me, but did I die on the cross for you? I don't think I did. No, no, no. Uh, is it all about who baptized you? No, 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 it's not about that. Guys, make no mistake, it's not about Rabbi Kevin. It's not about Bethlehel. It's all about Yeshua, it's all about the Lord, the God of Abraham, Yitzhak, the Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what it's all about. And that's what we need to be focusing on, my friends, because that will keep us in check, even when we advocate for things that we believe in. And rightly so, in many cases, right? Even if we disagree with each other in certain areas, koba "There, that's fine. But at the same time, if we're keeping our our ultimate focus on Yeshua, we're going to be better able to do so in love. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but that's the truth. So understand, I'm not saying that you need to stop advocating or disagreeing with with each other. And I'm also, I want to make this crystal clear, I'm not saying at all that you should wink at sin. Sin. Or wink at injustice, tolerate injustice, just smooth it over and, and ignore it. That's not what I'm saying at all. <clears throat> I'm also saying, I'm also not saying that you should compromise morality, not at all. What I am saying is that your love for each other must be infinitely more important than what divides you. I want to say that again your love for each other must be infinitely more important than that which divides you. It's interesting because this Shabbat, of course, is on the 4th of July this year. And on July 4th, 1776, you all know about this, the Congress adopted the Declaration of Independence. And it's interesting. I did some digging into this, considering this topic and what our country is going through. And the Declaration of Independence starts with this. The unanimous declaration of the United States of America. That's the beginning of the Declaration of Independence. Independence. The Unanimous Declaration of the United States of America. Interestingly, in the Declaration of Independence, the word united was not capitalized. Most people don't know that. Now, by the time the Constitution was adopted a number of years later, it was capitalized. But the founders in, in this Declaration of Independence were emphasizing that it was not just a name, the United States of America, good old USA. You know, we think about the United States and we really don't think about the words. We just think about it simply as a title, like Canada or Mexico, the United States. But in the Declaration of Independence, the U of United States is lowercase multiple times in the document. A lowercase u, What's the point here? They're, they're the point that they're, they're trying to make. It's not just a name, it was a sentiment. Unanimously united. Remember what it says: the unanimous declaration of the United States of America, States of America capitalized. Unanimously united. This was a message that they were sending. Of course, they were in uh, a a, a big war at the time. Now then, it's interesting because unanimously united. But yet, if you study the history of the Declaration of Independence, you discover very quickly that they did not agree on everything. I mean, for sure they didn't agree on everything. The buildup to the adoption of the Declaration of Independence was fraught with intrigue, debate, and great compromise, truly. The 13 colonies were all very, very different and had different beliefs, different theologies, different motivations. Yet they came together united. The United, the unanimously United States of America, all coming together. It's so interesting to think about this, especially if you read about the debates they were having before they voted, because they were vigorous debates, and there were a number of drafts of the Declaration that they went through, and they had a group of five that kind of helped fine tune it, and uh, and even then there were there were lots of carving up of the document, so it's so interesting that even within the compromises and the fact that they were not uh, in complete agreement on every nuance, yet together, when this document came out, it's described, and intentionally so, as unanimously united. It's, it's so interesting, and there's a, there's a great power in that, and there's a great um, emphasis that's given to this. Because that was certainly what was needed in this incredible battle and fight that they were all in. Listen to this charge that's given in Philippians chapter 2. It's it's a a powerful charge that should be heard today that relates to this and relates to where we're at. And I want for you to really listen to this. I'm going to read about, I don't know, five verses or so. I want you to really tune in and begin examining your own heart to determine am i there is this where i am at how am i in regard to what's being asked of me okay philippians chapter 2 starting in verse 1 verse 1 it says this therefore if there is any encouragement in messiah if there is any comfort of love if there is any fellowship of the ruach or spirit if there is any mercy And compassion, then make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love, united in spirit with one purpose. Do nothing. Out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility, consider others more important than yourselves. Looking out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Messiah Yeshua. Whew. Wow! I have in my notes, wow, wow. <laughs> man, when you read that, it's like, I'm the rabbi here. Man, that is humbling. That is humbling because it's like, man, I fall short so often. I fall short. Do you hear the heart of the rabbi here, what he's saying and telling us this and challenging us with this? Listen, it's, it's really easy to get distracted when you're watching from home on YouTube. I get that. Some of you are watching actually on your, on your smartphones. Others of you are watching even on the TV, what have you. And it's easy to get distracted. Yeah, g- get me a glass of water. I'm going to get up and get a glass of water. I got to go to the bathroom. And, oh, and, you know, somebody texts you in the middle of the message. Listen, focus in on me. Hear the message of the Lord to us that is for right now. I'm asking you, are you there? What we just read in Philippians, are you there? I know that I'm not there. I'm certainly not fully there. I'm working on it. Y'all, I'm working on it. But, But this is an important charge to me. And I think to you as well, we should be about love. That's what we should be about. Not selfishness or pride, but humbly considering others above ourselves. That's so contrary our flesh where we just want to serve ourselves. (laughs) Self-serve. No, we need to be putting others first. And as it says, united in spirit with one purpose. My goodness, man, listen, taking nothing away from the eloquence of the Declaration of Independence, which is amazing, but that passage in Philippians, that's beautiful. That is beautiful, y'all, no doubt. And if we have that attitude, then there will be unity. We would be united. If everybody has this attitude of putting the other person ahead of themselves with no selfishness or pride. If everybody did that, y'all, there would be unity in this country. There would be unity in the world. If only we all had this attitude or perspective. And, and friends, listen, we know this, whereas people who don't follow Yeshua have a hard time with this for sure, Because it's hard to be selfless like that. It's hard to put others' interests in front of yours. And we don't see a lot of that in the world. Fair enough. Okay, people who don't have a faith walk, it's hard for them because they don't have this spiritual guidance, right? But friends, we as believers should be all about this. This should be part of our calling card. As we walk about society, this should be part of what is different about us. But the truth is, oh, all too often, what do we do? (laughs) We compartmentalize. We compartmentalize and we make excuses as to why we don't follow the wholeness of this passage about unity and love. We'll make excuses. Compartmentalizing why we're not following it in its fullness, even as ma'amanim, even as believers. Now, it's interesting because why do we do this? It's not because we are all overtly evil people who seek to divide. I'm talking to believers now. It's not that believers are are all just like evil people looking to divide and that kind of thing. But oftentimes it comes from our own blind spots because everybody's got a blind spot. I had had an eye exam about two, two, three weeks ago and they do all that testing for you, of course, and click when you see images and look at the dot and they blow in the eye and that always messes me up, man. The eye doctor always, he, he, he doesn't like it when I, the, the, the one that tests the pressure in the eye, and the poof, the poof of air, and I'm just always, ah, <laughs> I, I'm always too tentative about it, and I, I blink too much, and they have to do it like seven times per eye for me. It's, so, but in, in any case, the, the, they test it, and everybody's got a blind spot in their eye, in their vision. Everybody's got a blind spot, and it's easy for us even to have a blind spot. Where is it? You don't know. That's the whole point is it's a blind spot, but we need to be on guard for this. And that scripture is going to help us mitigate and push away part of these blind spots. And, and I think that what's interesting, and boy, this all is coming full circle now. Stay with me. Because, wow, when I was contemplating this and thinking about this weekend, this struck me and I thought, wow, that's very interesting this compartmentalizing how we don't apply everything that the Scripture says, but yet we don't feel a sense of of guilt or responsibility for it because we're compartmentalizing and justifying certain things. And, And to me, this is demonstrated perfectly in the very holiday and document that we celebrate today. I mean, I want you to think about this for just a minute because as I was contemplating it, It struck me quite profoundly, because the irony is bitterly dripping when we look back at this, because as we think about that wonderful document from the 4th of July, 1776, which stands the test of time, it's an amazing document. But the most famous words from the document, I mean, when I say it's the most famous, so much so that other countries around the world have used the same expression in their constitutions and in their declarations. The most famous words in the Declaration of Independence are truly some of the most beautiful words ever written. And they are this. We hold these truths... To be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Stunningly beautiful. As a school child, everybody's been taught the, the, the preamble and the that part, this part of the declaration of independence. And is such a moving and seminal passage, no question. It's so interesting because as you read it, and if you really examine the words that they use, and every word was chosen very carefully, we we know this historically in the declaration, the writers considered this principle so clear and without dispute that they call it self-evident. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Self-evident, what does that mean? Something is self-evident. Something that's self-evident means, the definition of self-evident, means that it's so clear, so universally regarded as true, that you don't even need to provide any evidence to prove it. It's so universally regarded as true. Self evident. And what is it that they said is so self evident that you don't even have to provide any proof? Everybody knows this. What did they say was self evident? That all men are created equal. That all men are created equal. Listen, that's great. And that is true, no question. But at the same time, the primary author of the Declaration of Independence throughout his lifetime owned 600 slaves. <laughs> how, how can this be? And many other sl- signatories of the Declaration of Independence were slave owners. And this does not even mention the place that women had back then, or the lack thereof. But we look back at this document, and if you just look at it objectively, honestly, you have to look at this with incredulation that they could have signed agreeing that this was self-evident with a straight face. How could they they have signed that they agreed that it was self-evident? So obvious we don't even need to discuss it. That all men are created equal when they were doing what they were doing, numbers of them. It's interesting. When you look back with perspective, it's elucidating. Okay, so before we castigate them, we should first look at our own lives and determine our own foibles (laughs) because these people who signed it oh follow me on this because this is not about them and it's not about it's about us it's about you and me because wait for it here it comes these people did not grasp what we today see as self evident. <laughs> You're with me on this. We today see as self evident that they were not fulfilling what they said was self evident that all men are created equal. What's the point here? The point is that we ourselves need to be on guard against our own self-righteousness. Thinking that we all have it figured out, regardless of what we think. To think that we are all of that and that we are the be-all, end-all and have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. Even these brilliant people who were revolutionary in every sense of the word, And um, amazing people and great orators, they didn't have it all figured out. That's crystal clear. And the key here is that we need to be unified in love. We got to be unified in love, everybody. My family had the opportunity to go uh, last summer to Gettysburg in Pennsylvania, of course, the famous battle there during the American Civil War, the Battle of Gettysburg, and we watched a reenactment of the battle. <laughs> this is the second time I've done this in my life. It was very interesting. We went there. It was after Messiah Conference, and we went there, and we watched a, a reenactment of the battle, and we also toured the battlefield. And i got to tell you, it was a lot of fun uh, when we did this because one of the things they did, I remember they, uh, they had all the, you know, the Union and the Confederate armies out there, and they, they, they were charging each other. It was just unbelievable how they did it back then. I mean, pretty remarkable. It was, they didn't like get behind you know, fences so much. and They're just right out in the open. Unbelievable. But anyway, as part of the demonstration, I remember uh, they had some Civil War era replica cannons that they actually, in and, and a demonstration, they had it was thousands of people there. They fired these cannons with real cannonballs in them uh, just to, to give you a sense of, of a little bit what that was like. And and the, the volume of it alone was intense. But I remember, you know, the twins were there and, and we were watching this, and man, when they when they say, okay, and they had all the instructions and they were in all their uniforms and stuff, and they lit the they lit the fuse and and then boom, man, the explosion mark it was just unbelievable. That, that, that can't and you can actually watch the cannibal. Woo, just like a, a long way away. It was out in a big field. Boom, and you could see where it landed. And they had somebody out in the field that came, ran, and marked where it was because it was a compet- competition between the two sides who could be more accurate with the cannonball f- fire. And, and, and they had somebody come and mark where the cannonball had landed with a big flag so you could see it uh, relative to the target from where we were. As a side note, I did think to myself, that's not a good job, I don't think. You know, cannonball destination marker. <laughs> because, you know, I just don't think there's a lot of wisdom in that. But we had a good time at Gettysburg. It was a lot of fun, and, and it was interesting, of course, to learn about the history. And such. It was powerful what happened there as you tour the, the battlefield and to see the distress and the, the challenge of the American Civil War. And we also saw the place where President Abraham Lincoln gave the famous Gettysburg Address. You know, people had been talking all day long. His address was just like a minute and a half long or so, but it's still today, of course, considering one of the most famous uh, speeches ever given in the in history, and 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 powerful too. And what's interesting about it is because President Lincoln specifically recounts that exact part of the Declaration of Independence that we just talked about. As part of the justification of the war and, in fact, that battle. Because what does President Abraham Lincoln say in the Gettysburg Address? He starts off, Fourscore, he probably said, Fourscore and seven years. No, I don't know how he spoke. <laughs> Fourscore and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. See, he was fighting for something important that had been unfulfilled in order to keep us the United States. This was key in us remaining the United States because we had become divided. And not united. There's a lot of spiritual principles in this. Even before the war, Lincoln had quoted Yeshua, who says in Mark chapter three that a house divided against itself cannot stand. United, we stand. You've heard that expression divided, we fall. United, we stand. And as Ma'minim, as believers, we have to be united. And hear me about this. Don't misunderstand or misread what I'm saying and don't misinterpret it. I'm not advocating anything politically. It is not about that. I recognize that we have people from all walks of life and political persuasions here at Bethel and and, and who are watching. See, but that's not our one purpose, as Rabbi Shaul says. And at the same time, that's not to say that politics are bad or that you should not advocate for your political beliefs. That's great. Advocate for your political beliefs, that there's nothing wrong with that. But hear this. President Kennedy said it from a political angle, but much more importantly, as believers, we know that what unites us is far greater than what divides us because Yeshua unites us. <laughs> oh yes. Mm. Amen. Yeshua unites us. And we have to remember that when we're talking about our God, God is love. God is love. And Paul Rabbi Sheol challenges us to stay focused on this goal. 1 Timothy chapter 1, as we prepare to close, says this. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. Listen to this. It's very moving. As I urged you when I was leaving for Macedonia, stay in Ephesus to direct certain people not to pass on different instruction. There's an urgency here. Or to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies. These give rise to useless speculations rather than God's training, which is in faithfulness. Now the goal, here it is, the goal of the command is love from a pure heart and a clear conscience And a genuine faith, some, having missed the mark, turn away to fruitless discussion. So true. And how will we win others with the truth anyway? If you're advocating the truth, how will we win others with the truth anyway? Here it is. As he said, with love. With love. So friends, let's stay focused on the goal. It's Independence Day weekend, celebrating the United States. But truly, we need to focus on what unites us as a people of faith. Yeshua and the love of the Lord. That's what unites us. Because in this, my friends, there's great power. There's great power in this unity. There's great power when we are united. It is the very power of God Himself. It is the power of salvation. He ne matov umanaim, shevet achim, gam yachad. The title of my message is United. And may God bless America.
0: Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom.